Wow, we get some really explosive allegations here. I mean, this is a bombshell story. I'll tell you, if this turns out to be true, I don't even know what to say. I mean, we have really lost control of our government if this reporting, in fact, turns out to be true. I'm telling you guys, I mean, look, it was bad enough knowing what we knew in terms of how the FBI targeted the Trump campaign back in 2016. But these new allegations from Matt Taibbi and another reporter he works with, whoa. I mean, they're talking about the CIA having targeted 26 people. This has not been independently confirmed by me, but we're still going to dig in because it's an important enough story. I mean, keep all your antennas up right now. We're going to talk about that. Oh, and it's a big legal day for um, Trump's nemesis down in Georgia. That would be Fannie Willis. She's got a lot of problems. They're going to be talking about all of them. Trump was going to go down there. I guess he decided against it, but we're going to get into that. And pretty stunning news that's getting leaked to the New York Times. Reportedly, Russia has nuclear weapons that they're trying to send up into space. And, um, well, it somehow made its way into the New York Times. We're going to take a very cold, hard look at that one right there. It is good to see you all. I hope you had a great Valentine's Day. I got an update on a Soros family member and his Valentine's Day. <laughs> Sorry, I know it's early. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want you to spit up your coffee just yet. Anyway, first to this major story, explosive allegation, a new report claiming that the CIA targeted 26 people on Donald Trump's campaign. Now, don't you feel like we already went through this? Well, we did. But now, if this turns out to be true, then guess what? We're going to go it, go through it again and, and on steroids, for that matter. So this is a report that is coming courtesy of a couple of reporters. Matt Taibbi, you may be familiar with him. He's the guy with the Twitter files. Remember, the State Department really doesn't like Matt Taibbi because he was exposing a lot of the government involvement over there on Twitter, where they were kind of calling the shots and deciding whose account could be allowed and whose couldn't. He's a very good reporter. He used to work at Rolling Stone for a number of years. We're not going to hold it against him, of course. But again, I would just point out that he's a very good reporter. And he and one of his colleagues were working on this story. And it, it's pretty darn incredible. So 26 Trump associates may have been, quote unquote, bumped. Bumped. That's like spy talk for targeted you target a certain number of people, and uh, then you bump into them with overseas agents. So we have a number of agencies that we work with. The CIA works with MI6, for example, and you tell all your MI6 contacts, hey, you know what? We're really interested in this kid. Can you find a way to get to know him and figure out what's going on? So they allegedly, per this report, did this 26 times. Now, when I say, wait a second, it feels like memory lane, like we've been there, done that. It feels like that, right? Because, oh, that's exactly what happened. At least that time it was the FBI. Remember Carter Page, who had his phone tapped there at Trump Tower? I'll never forget it. Boy, was Donald Trump angry, angry, angry when he was running, by the way. So furious when he found out that his guy on his campaign had had his phone tapped. 
he was livid. He was absolutely furious. And then, you know, you fast forward a few years and you get the Mueller report one and two. And what do you find out? Oh, well, you see, we deliberately did that. Kevin Kleinsmith is his name, the FBI lawyer, actually wound up in a lot of trouble, not as much as he probably should have been, but in some trouble for it because he falsified some documents in order to get a FISA warrant because they wanted to tap Carter Page's phone. So they had to go run around and get these FISA warrants in order to do this. But it it was really questionable just exactly how they were getting the FISA warrants and why they were getting the FISA warrants, for goodness sakes. And so we're coming back to these same exact issues here with these allegations of 26 people. Look, it's been proven. Just go read the Mueller report. Just go see what happened to Kevin Kleinsmith. Yeah, they spied on Carter Page. We know that. The FBI did that. And Trump kept trying to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And boy, he got nowhere, especially with uh, <clears throat> Miss 60 Minutes there, Leslie Stahl, who's, who's very proud of the fact that she works for 60 Minutes and, and wants him to know this is 60 Minutes, so he can't just talk about the spying stuff. That's not true, right? Except it is, but here we go. So- the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. Well, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie. And you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, Leslie, it turned out that, yeah, they, they did. And that's actually part of public record now, right? Because that's exactly why Kevin Kleinsmith got in so much trouble, because he put together some stuff he shouldn't have to get that FISA warrant to be able to wiretap the phone there at Trump Tower for Carter Page. But it was more than Carter Page, according to, again, this story. And the the reporter went on Fox and outlined the whole thing. I, I think it's worth hearing from him. Again, just remember, these are all allegations. I think that there's a lot of there there that needs to be examined under a microscope and I hope we get more information all this, on all of this. But let's listen to him here explain what he believed really was going down. Brand new details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos, a no-name 20-something. But according to new reporting by Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, the whole thing was a CIA setup. Former CIA director John Brennan identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. And then those interactions were the targets international intelligence groups were targeted by the FBI as suspicious. And that's how the FBI launched the Russia collusion hoax. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top-secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified, and now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. Joining me now, one of the reporters who broke the story, Michael Schellenberger. Michael, explain how this all started with the CIA picking these 26 Trump people. 
Yeah, good to be with you, Jesse. Well, obviously, this is an extremely serious story and serious allegation by multiple credible sources that Public and Racket, that's Matt Tybee's uh, publication, have spoken to. These are people that are close to the House intelligence investigation of how the Russia collusion hoax began. The story, as you mentioned, was that, oh, we were just informed by foreign intelligence about this. Our sources tell us a very different story, which is that this was initiated by the U.S. government. It came from within the U.S. government's intelligence community, including the CIA, that they asked the so-called Five Eyes Nations intelligence agencies, that's the other English-speaking nations, including Britain and Australia, to spy on 26 Trump associates, or at least they had a list of the 26 associates that were identified. This is new information. Some people have theorized about this and speculated about it. Uh, we feel very confident that our sources were in a position to know and are very credible in this report. And it's obviously a very serious allegation because this is illegal spying and it's illegal election interference. OK, so you're reporting that the CIA got these allies to bump these 26 Trump associates, create interactions and then call these interactions suspicious and let the FBI know they were suspicious. And that starts the whole thing. What about this binder that encapsulates this whole thing and no one knows where it is right now or Trump has it? What's that? Well, Jesse, we'll have a piece tomorrow that is specifically about the binder. But uh, as a friend of, uh, of the show and of yours on this, I'll say that there has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And we'll be discussing that tomorrow. But obviously, if this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community of the U.S. government initiated the Russia collusion hoax, that it did not occur in the way that the official story, including the Durham investigation, had portrayed it, then that's extremely serious information. And it may be if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. Again, we'll have more to say about it tomorrow. But this is a huge, huge story. I mean, I can't I've been thinking about it in the history of the United States of America. Have we ever had something like this where the intelligence community was weaponized against a political candidate? And, weapon, and using our foreign allies to do it, I, I can't think of a more important or dramatic story. Yeah, and oh then my going gosh. to great and you think about everything that's happening right now. Am I correct or am I correct? Right? Where there's sort of a weaponization, if you would, of the media. And not just our media, but international media. Trump, bad. Biden, good. And, and, and it just keeps getting repeated over and over and over again. And they're trying to tell you he's going to start World War III. I got more on that because they're talking about nukes in space and this sort of thing. Oh, my goodness. But back to this issue. So what is this binder? What did the president know? I mean, there he was trying to tell Leslie Stahl, who's not having it, not hearing it. No, no, an establishment's not going there. <laughs> There's no way. And he's like, no, I was spied upon. No, no, not true. I was spied upon. And so then, you know, as we know, it was it was proven that his campaign certainly was spied upon, as we know from the Mueller report. And they did that by falsifying a FISA document. Well, now we're learning there, there may have been so much more. 
And the arrangement, right, of these sort of bump-ins, I guess with allegedly suspicious enough people that then the U.S. government would have the right. It all goes back to the Patriot Act, which, by the way, Jesse's boss, oh, I guess he's no longer there anymore. He was like the chief legal guy. And then, oh, they got that that lawsuit that they had to settle for $787 million over at Fox News. Um, I'm talking about Dominion. So the guy that, that drafted was very instrumental in putting that, that Patriot Act in um, that, that actually enabled these FISA warrants to be more easily obtained if you were, say, corresponding with somebody overseas that was of issue or of interest. Well, that enabled the government to then go hack into your phone and do what they need to do. So that law's still on the books. And apparently, if you listen to this reporting, it's possible. Again, these are just allegations, and this is not my reporting. I'm just trying to connect the dots here for us because this would be really bad. You would have the CIA deliberately arranging meetups with people that would be suspicious, potentially overseas, because as soon as it's overseas, boom, that lands into territory where they can actually go then and follow up and get the FISA warrant and, uh, and tap your phone and spy on you. I mean... He's right. Michael's right. I mean, this is just incredible. If this actually is all, again, it's not my reporting, but if this all pans out, I'm telling you, I, I just, we, we've, we've got to do something because this is really, really bad. All right. And like, I cannot underscore this enough. And it really makes you wonder, like they're desperate right now not to have him win. They're desperate. I mean, he's down in South Carolina saying, well, you know, I spoke to uh, I spoke to another world leader who asked me hypothetically, you know, if NATO didn't pay their bills, would you still have them protected? And he's like, oh, they're on their own. And he's kind of joking about it, this, that, and the other. It's at a rally, right, in South Carolina. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think he said this kind of thing before. Why is it so shocking now? For some reason, it's really shocking now because, you see, they won $95 billion for Ukraine. I got a big report coming up on that one tomorrow. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you hit the bell. you got to tune in for that because I've been doing a ton of reading and going back to primary sources, et cetera. But here's the deal. Like, they want this money for Ukraine. They feel very strongly that Russia is our foe, that we need to take them on. There's some kind of proxy war going on. You got me. But they are so committed to this. And I would say, and I'll lay this out for you tomorrow, I would say for for some really kind of odd reasons, because if you look at the original intent and when the wall came down back in 1989, we should have been a whole lot friendlier with Russia. The idea was not to go expand NATO We've gone from 17 countries to 30 countries in NATO during that time period. And we want to, like, bring more in. I get it. Now everybody wants to be part of NATO. And Russia's sitting there going, hey, wait wait a second. Wait a second. So a lot's at stake. A lot's at stake. So much so that, according to this report, they went out and enlisted the support and help of our intelligence allies around the world to try to figure out what was up and how they could spy on the Trump campaign. I mean, that's like hitting below the belt, as they say. I mean, this is not a gentleman's sport anymore. Politics, it's always been nasty. But when you start to weaponize agencies, as it is being alleged they did, 
that's when you're crossing the line, a, a point of no return. And that is what is so alarming. I mean, look, it happens over and over again. John Brennan, he mentioned John Brennan was somehow involved in this. Look, John Brennan, he was a big deal in the intelligence community. And I'm going to tell you, the guy's a freaking hack, okay? He is a hack. He's not about intelligence gathering. He's about politics. And that's what's so disgusting with these people. I mean, 51X spooks. You got the former deputy director of the CIA, Mike Morrell, lining them all up so that they could all sign off and say, nope, that was definitely just misinformation. There is no FBI investigation into Hunter Biden's laptop. That's a fake thing fed to you courtesy of the Russians via Rudy Giuliani. Might as well throw him under the bus too, you know, because of the hair dye that kind of worked for them. You know, he had a bad moment. Let's just go with it. It's Rudy Giuliani's fault. I'm sorry, guys. You know what? You can't lie to the American people over and over and over and over again and expect us to ever trust you. This is my entire frustration with it. I look at Russia, for example, and you know what? They lie in Russia. All right, let's just be honest here. They lie. Everybody's spinning. Every single country in the world, they're spinning, spinning, spinning. They lie in China. They spin in China. So guess what? You go to China, you go to Russia, and no one believes what the government tells them. It used to be that we kind of did, right? Like, am I being naive? Maybe I am. I mean, I actually used to think we were that shiny, shining city on a hill, and, and the United States of America really did have a First Amendment, and we could speak our mind, and we were open as a society, and we have always prided ourselves on that. And yet when you hear what's going down, and yet you have this wonderful flow of information, thank you, quick reminder, to subscribe and to like and to share and all that stuff, Listen, we have the ability to communicate now. And we didn't have that before, right? This open flow of information was very hard to come by. But now everybody's streaming and they're out there on various social media platforms. And so you're getting information and you're having to assess and and understand it in real time. Well, look, in countries where you have governments that lie to you, the people don't believe the government anymore. And this is exactly where we are. I mean, we're no we're no different really than some of these other totalitarian states where it's top down and whatever we say you must believe and if you don't agree with it off with her head right and that is a very scary place to be a very scary place to be shall we say as i said it's a very very big legal day for donald trump i've got some details coming to us from the fanny willis case down in georgia i'm going to share that with you and i also want to talk about the latest and greatest that they're throwing our way about the threat that russia really is nukes in space my gosh but first a quick word from one of our great sponsors how do you feel I feel great. I mean, I really do. And I think part of the reason I feel so good is because I take balance of nature in a capsule form. I take the fruits and veggies. This stuff is really good. You know, this is just an amazing company. They have a terrific history, phenomenal history. It was developed by Dr. Douglas Howard. You can read all about it on the website. Balance of Nature receives over a thousand success stories every single month. They get thousands, hundreds of thousands of customers who have purchased billions of capsules of their fruits and veggies, like I take, over the past 20 years. You can check it all out right there online on their website. Their products are gluten-free and non-GMO, and they contain no added sugars or synthetics. I think if you're looking for something that makes you feel a little bit better naturally, then you should definitely give this a shot. Definitely give them a try. You can give them a ring. You can use my name. Make sure you use my name, actually, because you're going to get much more off if you use my name, 35% off, with code word TRISH. Just give them a ring at one 800 
751. 1-800-2468-751. You use discount code TRISH. You can order online at balanceofnature.com. But again, use the discount code because it's more than you're going to get anywhere else. 35% off. Discount code TRISH. Balanceofnature.com. Check them out. All right, I want to turn to what we're seeing from the New York Times right now because they just came out with a report last night, actually, in which they are reporting that there's some bad stuff going on. Um, Allegedly, the people that found out this was leaked are really mad. I I, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe they have to say that. I I just wonder, because sometimes these leaks, they happen, and they tend to be kind of strategic and deliberate, and it's coming at kind of an interesting time, right, as we're looking at the House having to prepare to vote on this $95 billion bill. Anyway, the New York Times headline reads, U.S. has new intelligence about Russia's nuclear capabilities. A congressman's cryptic statement about the development sent Washington a buzz about what the intelligence was, and it really infuriated, allegedly, White House officials. Huh. Interesting. Let let me read a little bit from the report. Um, As I said, it has to do with what Russia's doing there in space, potentially. And I quote, the U.S. has informed Congress and its allies in Europe of new intelligence about Russian nuclear capabilities that could pose an international threat, according to officials briefed on the matter. Officials said that the new intelligence was serious, but that the capability was still under development and Russia did not deploy it. Consequently, It did not pose an urgent threat to the United States, Ukraine, or America's European allies, they said. The information is highly classified, and officials said it could not be declassified without cutting off its source. A current and former U.S. intelligence official said the new intelligence was related to Russia's attempts to develop a space-based anti-satellite nuclear weapon. ABC News reported earlier that the intelligence had to do with such a capability. So we do have some kind of treaty in place at present. Um, The U.S. does not have nuclear weapons in space. Russia uh, does not either. We have this Outer Space Treaty of 1967, which actually prohibits signers from, quote, placing in orbit around the Earth any objects carrying nuclear weapons. And so the thinking is, well, um, that should help (laughs) or not. And then the cynics are like, okay, you got to take this one with a grain of salt. I mean, how much of this is just to gin up support for the bill that nobody really wants to sign in Congress right now? Of course, they they lost a seat, so we'll see how it all shakes out. But this is a very high stakes moment. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable how dedicated, I mean dedicated, this administration is to spending $60 billion of our dollars, 95 all in when you factor everything else, in Ukraine, knowing, of course, that Ukraine has a massive problem, major massive problem with theft and graft and a little off the top. I mean, say it however you want, but they had to get rid of the deputy defense secretary and then the defense secretary because they're all stealing money. So Americans are like, wait, what are we doing here? What is the point of this? And I think they're going to continue asking those questions. The New York Times just did a study. I mentioned this on yesterday's program, not a study, but like a focus group where they sat down with 13 people that were all independent. And they said, what, what matters to you most? And you know what everybody said? The economy. And they said, they don't like that we're spending overseas. Rand Paul said this well the other day, you know, it's all about making Ukraine great. 
They're spending overseas while they're not focused on things back at home, such as our inflation scenario, and that's a struggle, or our border, which is also a struggle. So look, Mike Johnson, who's now Speaker of the House, he came out and said, hey, slow down. You know what? We're not getting this thing through until we get some promises. Like, we're not giving all this foreign aid until we get some promises that we're going to actually have something decent back here at home. Take a look. Regarding the border, you know, talk about the American people not being listened to. They are crying out to the Biden administration to secure the border. This is not a Republican issue. It's an issue for every single person, and everybody knows it. We know the stories of children being poisoned by fentanyl and cities being overwhelmed by migrant surges. We know House Republicans have shown that we are listening to and, and, and holding the administration accountable for this catastrophe. We're listening to the people. We're taking action to hold Biden accountable. Last night, the House voted to approve articles of impeachment against Secretary Mayorkas. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We had to do that. He has abdicated his responsibility, he's breached the public trust, and he's disregarded the laws Congress has passed. But, but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington like to start showing some this morning, love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart. So that, take- you know what the Republicans, where they're standing on this one, but what the Democrats would say in response is, you know what, this is about the American people and their needs. It's just they were not doing a very good job conveying that in any way, shape, or form. I think, I think look, in the beginning, America was kind of with them, and then – it just kept going on and on and on. And, and people were like, wait, is this why you got out of Afghanistan so you could move over to Ukraine? I mean, what the heck, people? What are you doing, Joe Biden? And so they started getting a little tired of it and a little sick of it. And the Biden administration, because apparently nobody understands how to communicate there and they get a leader who's 81 years old and in some kind of, I'm not a doctor, but seemingly mental decline, they can't tell you why you should be sending all your taxpayer dollars to Ukraine. I mean, they, they just can't. They can't articulate it. The best that Chuck Schumer came up with was, we have to do this now, otherwise it's going to be on your kids' hands, etc. I keep going back again. Tune into tomorrow's show because we're going to get into super detail on this. I keep going back to the writings of George Kennan, who had joined the State Department in 1928. He was the ambassador to the USSR for the U.S. during the height of the Cold War. And he knows that country and its history and its people. And he would write over and over again in frustration with what the Clinton team was doing. This is Bill Clinton back in the day. They were going off of Dick Cheney's plan, which people laughed about and thought was too extreme in 1992 when he came out with it. And they're like, what? he was like, what are you doing? Because this is just going to get you right back into a Cold War with Russia again. Like you cannot keep expanding NATO and not expect them to feel threatened by that and, and, and why we're so unwilling to understand and be sensitive and frankly empathetic to other people and other cultures. Isn't the left all about empathy? Like, can we not put ourselves in somebody else's shoes for two minutes to understand how they would react? Isn't that what diplomacy should be about? And we get, we get the B team, Biden and Blinken B team that McCain warned us about, ladies and gentlemen. 
I'm sorry, whatever you thought about McCain, he got that one so spot on when he told us Anthony Blinken would be dangerous to the world and dangerous to America. And he said this on the floor. Go look it up. I have a clip on it, by the way, in the channel. He said this on the floor on Capitol Hill in 2014. Okay, right. 2014, right, right. I guess that would have been around the time of the Maiden Revolution. Look, it's been a disaster from a foreign policy front. And so Americans are like, wait, I don't have any money. The cost of eggs is through the roof. And you want me to finance this where all these people are, are taken off with our dollars? I, I don't think so. That is the reaction. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with this or not, like let's put that aside for a moment and talk about the messaging. There's no messaging other than, okay, we have to do this. And now maybe this is the answer. Didn't they do this before? Didn't something get leaked to the New York Times? I know the reporter. I mean, she's, she used to come on my show all the time. She's a really lovely woman. I mean, she was wrong on it, right? Because they leaked information on Iraq to her and it was wrong. It was just all wrong. And they convinced themselves, they got themselves so spun up that they had to go in and take out Saddam Hussein. And then we landed in the, in the Iraq war. So I just caution everyone to not treat the New York times as though it's gospel. It's not. They get things wrong all the time. Big things like bad intelligence on Iraq. All right, so they are not the be-all, end-all. This is what they're telling us now. There's intelligence, allegedly, that Russia has nukes and they're sending them to space. So listen up. You better pass $95 billion today or else. I I, I am am stunned by it all. Anyway, a big, big show going down right now in Georgia. (laughs) Fanny Willis. Oh, poor Fanny. So Fanny... Yeah, she was riding high. She was going to take Trump down. This was her big moment. Big moment in time. And then, well, um, apparently all these people that are about to take Trump down make some kind of, I don't know. <laughs> I'll keep it clean. I'll keep it clean. Um, anyway, she she took up with somebody she shouldn't have taken up with, a guy that was working for her on the case, and as a result, a George is now a Georgia judge is now going to decide whether or not she can actually move forward as the attorney in Georgia. The, the judge has to decide whether she should be disqualified. I mean, she could even be disbarred over this. This is actually really, really serious. And it, it all came to light because she had this inappropriate, allegedly, allegedly inappropriate romantic relationship with the guy who who was the lawyer on this whole thing. And his name was Nathan Wade, and he was actually getting a divorce, and they subpoenaed him for the divorce. And so this is how the whole thing starts to come out. And apparently, um, well, you can't have a personal relationship and use company resources, et cetera, for that personal relationship. And so that is what is being discussed. And the question now becomes, is it serious enough to dismiss the motions um, seeking her disqualification without a hearing. Um, well, they, they're having the hearing, basically. The, the judge is going to decide whether or not she must be removed from the 2020 election case. I mean, they're going to put someone else on, right? So it's sort of like the devil you know versus the devil you, you don't know. But this lady, she's, she's kind of, yeah, she's, she struggles, 
I'm just going to say she struggles because she apparently got this indictment, right? And the way the indictment works is like the grand jury has to actually indict. And then the judge hands down the indictment and then she serves it up. I don't know if any of that really happened because you see the indictment was all signed, sealed and delivered before the jury even gave their verdict to the judge. Remember? And then she's like, oh, 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 but this, that, and the other. Here's Fanny. I am not an expert on clerks' duties um, or even administrative duties. I wouldn't know how to work that system, and so I'm not going to speculate. Next question. (laughs) So it was the clerk's fault. The clerk came out with an apology, said, oh, I didn't mean to do this. This is a typo. I'm sorry. Like, somehow you had it done before it should have been done. A little weird. Just a little. And, you know, her other big claim to fame is she got the mugshot, the mugshot that Donald Trump raised a ton of money off of. Oh, I can't remember the latest numbers, but they're stunning, stunning how many times this particular photo was seen and shared and retweeted, et cetera. (laughs) So they keep trying to go after him. It's actually, it's almost funny. It's not because it's frightening, but they keep trying to go after him this way to Sunday and they keep running into roadblocks. It's like Keystone cops, but they did get that mugshot. So they're really loving that. And of course he's, um, he loves it too. I think, I mean, he doesn't really love it, but let's just say you you can uh, make something out of nothing sometimes. And that's a glass half full way of looking at it, which he is. I'll give you a funny story. The very first time I met him was probably when he filed for bankruptcy with his Atlantic city casinos. And I was a young correspondent at a major network doing the evening news thing. And this was a big story. And my producer had called over and gotten this interview. So we we go hustle over there and I, I sit down and he was very gracious. He shook my hand. She was like, you know, he may not shake your hand because, well, he did. He shook my hand. No problem. And he said, Trish, Trish, is this not fantastic? Is this not great? And I'm like, okay, I know I'm new here, but like, (laughs) really? Like, you know, is this like, it was just so funny to me. Like he declared bankruptcy, right? From a financial standpoint, it actually, you know, if you look at it, it was good for him. It was not good for the debt holders. No, because they got wives out, but it was certainly good for him and his corporation. And that's how he saw it. And that's how he was spinning it. And I thought, wow, that is definitely given new meaning to glass half full. So I think he's treating that mugshot like glass half full, knowing him. How much money did I raise off of that thing? Have you seen how many times that's been retweeted and shared and blah, blah, blah? I'm sure. Hey, um, it was Valentine's Day yesterday. I hope you had fun. I hope you had a good evening with your significant other. A little update for you on a couple lovebirds that we want to wish the very best to. (laughs) That would be Huma Abedin. Remember her? Anthony Weiner's gal. Um, And uh, Alex Soros, the 37-year-old son of George Soros. You know, he's kind of cleaned up. I remember I interviewed him one or two times back when I used to work at Bloomberg Television. That would have been about... 10, 11, 12 years ago, maybe. And uh, he was a little heavier and not as politically involved or as involved in the business. I mean, back then, definitely not. I mean, he, I can't even remember why he came on other than 
you know, we were trying to get George Soros on the show. I know. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. You know, I, see, now you know. You have to believe me when I say I want to talk to all sides. I'm not kidding. Like, I want to talk to all sides. And somehow I wound up with Alex um, <laughs> instead of George. But he's come a long way. And he's now going out with Uma Abedin, who is 10 years his senior. Because, <laughs> you know, what, 27, oh, forgive me, 37-year-old doesn't want to go out with someone who's nearly 50, right? I mean, she, she looks good, I guess, for her age. Uh, interesting, interesting pairing, shall we just say. Right? She's a Democrat op. She used to work for Clinton, and, you know, she was married to Anthony Weiner. I can't believe that's his name. He was once on my CNBC show. And I had this big debate and dispute with my producer ahead of him coming on. And I'm like, no, 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 it's Weiner. I speak German. It's Weiner. (laughs) And he's like, nope, it's Weiner. And I'm like, there's no way. There's there's seriously no way anyone is going to go by Weiner. Like, come on, it's Weiner. (laughs) And nope, it was Weiner. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Weiner, who, um, well, you know the story. Awful, awful, awful story. So, you know, we, we won't hold their politics against them. We hope they're happily in love. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's good for Uma Abedin that she, she lands a billionaire out of it after having to toil away as Hillary Clinton's top person all those years. Hillary's not necessarily the nicest we've heard. So, uh I'm going to be very magnanimous and wish them the very best. Would you like to join me? (laughs) I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Hey, listen, it's good to see you all here. It's great to have you as one of the team members here. You can actually be a real team member here on the YouTube channel, a Reganite, as we're calling ourselves right now. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for giving the thumbs up, for sharing all those things. I will be back with you. Big, big, big report coming. We did a lot of work on this one on Russia and the history that you need to understand, like not going back like Putin 800 years, but just back to what really happened in 1988 through 1992, 1989 through 1992 and thereafter that set the stage for exactly where we are now. And I'll tell you, the only people that are really making out well in any of this are the shareholders of the military complex companies. Mm-hmm. Little preview. Lockheed Martin, North of Grumman. You know where I'm going. All right, I'll see you tomorrow.